Today's episode is brought to you by Slayhouse Publishing, recorded at Wayne Howard Studios. Merry Christmas, everybody. This is Jeremy with Slayhouse Publishing presents Lit Bits. Oh my God, you got it right. I got it right. And with me as always is Trevor and Curtis. Hey guys, Merry Christmas. Hey, Merry Happy Christmas. Holidays. Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. I love this season. This is my favorite I knew a girl season. in high school. Her name was Feliz Navidad. What? No, really? Yeah, really. So For real. That, that, was, that her, was her last name Navidad and yep. her first name was Feliz? Yep. That yep. that feels like someone who with the last name Wood who names their kid like Ply. <laughs> <laughs> Ply Wood. Yeah, Ply Wood or uh. Redwood. <laughs> yeah. Red, Redwood makes sense. I mean, I've, yeah, Redwood. You know, yeah. Feliz. Oh man, Feliz. Feliz. Christmas enthusiast. I mean, in a way that like that's a a great first name because Feliz just just means happy, right? Yeah. So uh, I feel like uh, good name. Good name choice there. Yeah. Little little on the nose with Feliz Navidad, though. Yeah, <laughs> but also that that begs a question, like like which which family line was was named Navidad? Because Navidad is is Christmas. Yeah, I don't know. So so like I mean, I didn't get to know her that well. And think about this is high school for me. This is like eighty years ago. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is That's there right. is is Christmas a name that people go by? I guess I so. There was Doctor Christmas Jones on the. Uh, um, uh, Pierce Brosnan uh, yeah. 007 movie. What was it? There the was World Lo- is Not Enough? Christmas. There was a Lloyd was Christmas the, on Dumb and Dumb oh, but Well, so first off, I, I thought you were being real. Like, there's a real person out there named Dr. Christmas Jones. And then no. you, you clarify it's from James Bond. And I'm like, well, the same cast that gave us Pussy Galore. <laughs> Pussy Galore. <laughs> yeah, well, the other one. night, my daughter said uh, at dinner, she said, I want to tell uh, Christmas jokes. And so I, I got my phone and I typed in Christmas jokes, but I accidentally typed in Christmas Jones. <laughs> and then it showed Denise Richards, and I was like, "What?" I remembered all of a sudden. All so, right, whatever. I mean, there are worse things to Google than Denise Richards, yeah. I guess. We'll stop there. But yeah, I cre- yeah. <laughs> I was going to say right something, right and they just shut me up, guys. Yeah. You, it's not fair, really. Changing no, the subject. I, yeah. Christmas so is my favorite season, though. Uh, like I like legitimately of all of the holidays, I, I feel like I get into Christmas the most. I have my house all decorated. Same here. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll send you guys a picture at some point. I'm, and and unlike the Halloween decoration that I never posted on Twitter, I will actually post uh, the decorations for the house on, yeah. on Twitter. You posted those on did Twitter. I? You did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, maybe it, I did It didn't. just wasn't on Halloween. Jeremy built a COVID library in his house during the lockdown, right? Didn't you build a little library in your I house? I built the library, well, built but it was library. pre-COVID. It was, he built oh, the library okay. af- just after they I thought they it was the result the of being locked yeah. down. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't... No, that library is sick, too. At any rate, well, it looks great, and you should uh, decorate that all Christmassy. I think. I think oh, we might. Absolutely. I don't know. We usually put the tree out there, but I don't know if we're going to put the tree out there now. Okay. We're, mm. We might change our, our... Some of our traditions, we might change a little bit. I don't know if we're going to change all of them. But actually, no, we're not. We're going to keep some of them because we have some really great traditions. It'd be kind of weird if you if you change traditions because then they're no longer traditions, right? How many of you out there? Right? How many of you out there eat goose for Christmas? I've never had goose in my life. I cook goose every year for Christmas. Yeah, the goose is pretty good too. Save it me, is. save me a little sliver and bring it on over here. I will save a yeah, sliver of a goose. Sliver of goose. <laughs> is that that's it, that's got to be a new quantity for us. A sliver, so, bring, yeah. Bring a sliver of goose. A sliver of no, but but I, like a like a sliver of goose, of goose it's a of nubbit. whatever. Like, it's officially it's officially a, called a nubbit. Oh, that's the old sounding <laughs> unit of measurement. <laughs> Three nubbits. Yeah. Three nubbits makes a sliver. Yeah. That'll cost but there, a, a there penny are some, farthing. <laughs> there are some Christmas traditions that that I think 
uh, you know, we've kind of started in the last couple of years that, mm-hmm. that I've really fallen in love with. Uh, like, I didn't know Christmas Goose was going to be a thing. Um, <laughs> even though, like, every, you know, it's, Bad news it's, like, for geese. it's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're like, what? My, fa- my father, this is a true story. My father thought of um, shooting some geese in the backyard, uh, you know, to to cook like a Christmas goose. And then he Googled and found out that geese mate for life. And he's like, I can't, I can't. Do oh, that. you got to kill like, both of them. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But that also assumes that you spend like weeks, uh, like tracking these geese <laughs> Observing. And, and, and figure <laughs> out which, patterns. yeah, which, which ones are the We're mates. Stalking uh, geese so you now? Shoot them both. If you want to kill yeah. geese ethically, I'm sorry. That's how it's done. <laughs> that's how it's got to be done. You, yeah, you gotta, you gotta hire a PI. Don't split up a family because you want to eat. Right. Taking a restraining order out on us. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're just gonna get more aggressive. They're already yeah. like biting your ankles and stuff. Right. But also, what's the, I don't feel bad about killing geese. Trevor, the weirdest <laughs> tradition. Well, I think it'd be weird now, but it's not historically. It isn't weird. We tell ghost stories. Yeah, that uh, I was uh, getting to that some someday. I, well, I thought um, I'd get us back on Christmas track. themed ghost yeah. stories or just ghost no, stories? just, just ghost, ghost stories. stories. Cause, oh, cool. Because back in. Uh, Back in pre-Christmas times, right? Like that was kind of the tradition. It's it, you tell time. Uh, ghost <laughs> stories to one another. Um, some of the most famous ghost stories that that we have uh, from literature are actually framed as Christmas ghost tales. So wow. take, for example, Turn of the Screw, right, by mm-hmm. Henry James, a famous ghost story, um, perhaps one of the most famous gothic uh, like horror stories out there. The framing device for that story is a bunch of people who are sitting around telling ghost stories to one another, and one of them says, um, well, if you think children ghosts are scary, what if I gave you two ghosts in a story, right? And oh, like, so that's the turn, the of, turn the of the screw, screw right? Ooh. So he's the, ref, the, the reference there is like, I'll give you two turns of the screw, as in I'm going to give you two ghosts in one story. That's value. That is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He really, he really gave us uh, our money's worth. With Do we that still story. just pay a farthing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just How a many farthing. farthings. Um, it's yeah. sixpence. So, so <laughs> it's sixpence for two ghosts. Or a sliver of goose if you got it. <laughs> you remember that time? Okay, you remember that time when you were you were talking about getting paid for stories for short stories? You're yeah. like, yeah, I get I get ten p per read or whatever. <laughs> and he's like, is that ten pounds? I'm like, no, ten pence. And he's ten like, what pence? the fuck is a pence? So. I don't know. I don't know British currency. <laughs> this is a penny. It's yeah. just a penny. That Mary Poppins song, Tuppence. I think that's yeah, what Tuppence. She's tuppence. Just, uh, two, two, two pence. Two pence. Two pence. A tuppence. A tuppence. Okay. That's right. I had to do some research on that one. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. It's funny how things you know just you miss it the first. It'd time. be great on Twitter if uh, if some of you out there do the same thing, like carry on the same similar traditions. We'd love to hear some of the. Well, we'd love to hear just one, just some yeah, of your traditions your that traditions? you carry on. And two, if you've got some good like ghost stories or something for Christmas time, drop them in the you know yeah, respond to us in Twitter. Like send it to us. And not just a bunch of jump scares. Like, yeah, really don't try. do jump scares. Yeah. <laughs> right, is there such a thing as a literary jump scare? Oh. Is, is that just the you turn suddenly? the page and it just says boo. So, yeah. <laughs> a pop-up book. Yeah, it's a pop-up book. Yeah. I, I just love the idea of, of somebody uh, somebody opening a book and, and they're like, oh, shit. What book were you reading? You were reading? Oh, it was... Um, Amityville Horror. Oh, where, like yeah. every sentence had a fucking every exclamation point. Exclamation that's, that's oh like, my god! And then there was the a ghost. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that that's literally how the book is. 
And there was green slime. <laughs> like, that's a real thing. And then he that died. Part. And the walls yeah. were bleeding. <laughs> yeah, I I made the joke Exciting. before. Uh, it, like it, it reads like a, a camp counselor who's still trying to be relevant. To the- oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, share with us uh, your your like ghost stories. Uh, like really, I think that this is one holiday tradition I can really get into, and one that I've I've really loved um, is the exchange of ghost stories on uh, Christmas Eve. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. One of the most famous uh, ghost stories of Christmas um, is Charles Dickens's uh, A Christmas Carol. Hey, do you know Marley's dead? Who? Marley's dead. Marley. Marley is dead. That's how the that's how the book opens up. Like, yeah, Marley's dead. He spends dead. like a whole paragraph. I'm opening the book now. Marley was dead to begin with. That's how it starts. That's the exact first sentence. Marley was dead. So we have to emphasize Marley is dead. Yeah. That's actually a pretty good first line though. Marley was dead to begin with. Yeah. He sets up this whole thing. Like he wants you to be very clear that Marley's dead. And the first time you see him is like in the door knocker. Like when Scrooge comes home, it's like, I'm pretty positive he would be dead. Like I can't. Well, he, He hallucinates old Marley showing up the whole time. Right? Do you like, think like, it's a hallucination? Or well, you think no, it's a ghost? I don't. I th- I think it's a ghost because yeah. uh, you know Charles Dickens is setting up for us. Like this is a ghost story. Uh, and, and, that is such yeah. a creepy and it's got, scene. It's too. got four ghosts. Uh, this book is terrifying. Like uh, you know, as much as we romanticize the movie, because the movie thematic or or uh, I'm sorry, not the movie, but we romanticize the story because the story is is really about community and it's about you know like like learning to live charitably to one yeah. another, which uh, for, for Dickens is a, a strong theme in all of his work, but it's also something that I think in the 19th century when this book was written um, was really important. You know, this idea of like building a community in right. a world that was rapidly changing around you, right? Yeah. Christmas was not very popular uh, through the 19th century. Well, it was very classist too. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. you could only, it was almost like affordable only for like the wealthier of right the, of the Victorian, right, England. right, yeah. yeah. But but I mean, if you think about nineteenth-century uh, living, you know, society, it was changing very rapidly. There was a lot of industrialization going on, mm-hmm. and um, people, you know, the the people that Charles Dickens was writing about certainly it felt like they were being left in the dust, right? Yeah. And and in sometimes, you know, they were literally living in in. Uh, like <laughs> sewage, right? Like you know, nineteenth century. It was like tenement living in this. Yeah, nineteenth yeah. century England is is really kind of a scary place to be. Right, right. We talk more about it, a little bit more about it in our Dracula episodes coming up. Yeah. So in our Dracula series. Yeah, there's but, there's a lot of of stuff going on there. Yeah. So so when you think about like all the change going on in, in the nineteenth century, um, in the United States and in Britain, where it's, which is where Charles Dickens is writing, um. It, it it became more important to have a moment, right? To kind of try to craft to 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 create a season in which you know you could kind of take a breath and kind of like try to just cope and and re um, acclimate yourself to the world around you, right? And, and so I and think reconnect that, to your fellow and reconnect. Yes, absolutely yeah, reconnect, yeah. especially those less fortunate, because it's it's almost like he's saying like hey here's a time yes we have these good fortunes for some of us but we need to to realize that right. not everybody has this and we need right. to reach out to those who don't yeah. so that we can maybe improve their their life as well too right even right. if it's just for a moment cuz i mean as much as we talk about the industrial revolution being so good for you know kind of raising the the standard of living for a lot of people 
Um, no, I mean, there are a lot of casualties to the Industrial Revolution. Sure, yeah. And there are a lot of casualties to the kind of rapid growth uh, and, and the explosion of wealth concentrated in the hands of very few, um, you know, that, that other people didn't enjoy. So I think Dickens was, you know, he was really pre- preoccupied with a lot of that in his literature. And then he comes to this story and and kind of sets up this, uh, what I think is a really uh, beautiful story about, you know, learning how to be more charitable, uh, but also fucking terrifying. I mean, this book is scary. <laughs> it it so, really is. He he hits the horror beats real hard in a couple of, of spaces, you know, in the early part of My favorite book. so far, and I'm rereading the books. So I I'd actually, I wanted to be through it by the time we recorded this, but I didn't get a chance to finish it. But I mean, we're all familiar with the story, so we don't have to necessarily rehash yeah. the story. But my favorite scene so far is when Marley comes to visit Scrooge, and Marley um, has a handkerchief wrapped around his head because that's, I mean, that's what they did to corpses, like when they were, you know, to to kind of keep them, kind of like the closing of the eyes. Oh, but yeah. but they I never do got it. That. They it, do it because the, the, you know, everything kind of relaxes at that point, and like and now nowadays they don't have the handkerchief; they just sew the the lips shut. shut. Yeah. But they do it because the mouth will like hang open, yes. and Marley does that. He unties the handkerchief at one point while he's talking to Scrooge, and his mouth just his jaw just drops to oh, his chest. Oh my and god. Just, and yeah, it's, it's terrifying. It's frightening well, and, as hell. and then Marley himself. I mean, like you know, Marley's wrapped in chains, and he explains like the you know the chain thing is all about like what you carry with you into the afterlife, right? Oh, okay. So, so right. the length of your chain is is basically built on like you know, like whose life did you make worse? Right, <laughs> right. You know, kind of. Um, and, and so he's he's like riddled in these chains, and and he's talking like telling Scrooge like you don't even know what's waiting for you on the other side oh yeah Be- because if you think I'm bad <laughs> bro, bro you're in for a time <laughs> well um, and then Scrooge watches him as he backs out the window and he's like beckoning Scrooge to follow so Scrooge kind of steps up to the window and then Marley goes through and then Scrooge see like hears like all the other ghosts that are also out there and he sees yeah. them flying by the window and like wailing yeah and it's it's oh man, wow. it's fucking it's, unsettling. It's terrifying. So do you think and most... even even the even the, the ghosts that show up, you know, the, the ghosts of Christmas present, future and uh past, you know, the ones that show up. In another order than that. Yeah, well, yeah, whatever it's past, present, future, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> They're terrifying. They are. They're so scary. Do you think that mo- uh most people don't realize how scary the story actually is. I think so because yeah. you know, like as a Christmas stories usually go, right? We've lost the 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 taste for real horror ghost right, stories, right? Right, right. We have lost well, the. We've, we've when, when Disney, Trevor says Disneyfied everything at right. this point. Yeah. yeah. When Trevor says we, he means you out there. <laughs> yeah, maybe you, you layman. Maybe. You no, layman. I, I, I <laughs> mean, you know what? What used to be a real pastime because you, you like a pastime was you gathered around for Christmas and you told ghost stories to one right. another. And back then it was like a fireplace and everybody yeah. had to get in that one spot together yeah. anyway. To, to get warm, so it just probably right. just facilitated it's that whole dark, thing. It's dark, it's cold, yeah, the yeah. nights are longer than the days. We're all packed into one room anyway. Might yeah. as well tell stories, And, and right? you don't have TV, right? So what do you do? You, you share stories with one another, and ghost stories are really popular. Mm-hmm. Through the 19th century especially, it was, um, like, ghost stories were one of the best-selling, you know, kind of genres of story right. out there. Mm-hmm. And now, um, now when people think of Scrooge, they think of Scrooge McDuck. 
You know, like that's <laughs> yeah. whose voice I'm reading, yeah. like I hear whenever I read this book. <laughs> it's we've come that far yeah. since the original story that you yeah. imagine a cartoon dog yeah. instead. So as they're interpreted, you know, and mm-hmm. and you know, like that cartoon made was still pretty terrifying in some people. parts of it, though. It's good. Oh, yeah, the, the, it was good. the part where at the end, where like the Pete character shows up as the the ghost of Christmas Future. Oh yeah, he's so scary. <laughs> as a kid, I was terrified. The one with uh, Bill Murray, uh, Scrooged. I that love movie. that movie. That, now that so that scared me. I was very yeah. little when it came out. So uh, yeah. Bobcat Goldthwait running around with a shotgun yeah, 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 is legitimately yeah. terrifying. Yeah, um, I think I, Bobcat <laughs> Goldthwait in general with a shotgun is pretty yeah. terrifying. There, <laughs> yeah. there have been some recent. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when he was famous? <laughs> uh, there have been some recent efforts, I think, to try to to recover some of that horror. From this this show, yeah. um, I think Sci-Fi recently did, uh, just within the last couple of years, did a, a rendition of A Christmas Carol, you know, starring, starring Guy Pearce. Oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and uh, it really tries to delve in pretty hard with the horror stuff, right? Uh, that you know, and it, it tries to replace some of that that grittiness. Um, I, I don't know if I've seen that one story. yet. I want to see it. I think I meant to watch it. It's, it's honestly pretty good. It, it got pretty middling reviews from critics because I think that a lot of critics are like, do we need another one of these? Um, <laughs> you know, how critics get. But I, I personally thought it was a pretty good watch. Like, I would watch it again. Well, that's an interesting question if we need another one of these. I mean, we have so many things out there like A Christmas Carol and some of these more popular stories um, that have adaption after adaption after adaption. And I feel like at some point, because these adaptions are always trying to do something new, we need an adaption to take us back to the source material. Like, I feel like that's the only way, like, you know, that old saying, everything old is new again. I mean, I I think we need that. And I think so many adaptions of A Christmas Carol have been changed so much, they're doing something new. Yeah. That we need to go back to the source material and find the true yeah. horror in this story. Right. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's kind of quaint the idea that you get visited by three ghosts who just tell you, like, "Hey, this this is what uh, is going on." Um, and <laughs> I, I think what's missing with the horror element is is you know the idea that I that Dickens was probably trying to lay down that you know like there are real consequences to your miserliness, right? Mm-hmm. There right. are real consequences when when you. Uh, mistreat other people, you, right? You know, because yeah. the, the ghosts weren't just there to tell him things and scare him. He was right, they were yeah. showing him the real world, right? They yeah, were showing him in real a way. World the horror is is kind of both existential and literal, right? right. Like you've yeah. got a literal scary looking ghost because these ghosts are intense. They are not, you know, even the the good one, which I think was the the present one, mm-hmm. right? He he's like you know jolly and fat, and and he he's eating a whole bunch of food and stuff. When he shows up, he's he's fucking terrifying. Um, and so even the one that's supposed to be nice and jolly, like, no, he's still a ghost. He's still he's a ghost. He's still scary. Yeah. Um, well, and people all the season have been listening to me prattle on about like the, the objective correlative and, but Dickens in this story is a masterclass of that because he tells you like, say what Scrooge is like, or he tells you what something is. And then he shows you in a, in a physical mm-hmm. description, how this mirrors the internal of that person. Um, yeah. Scrooge is described in miserly kind of physical description. Oh, yeah. Um, and the ghosts, for each of what they represent, all are described in a manner that fits that yeah. that purpose or that theme that they're serving. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, it's, it, um, I think it's a really kind of awesome story. And in a lot of ways, I, I think that um, 
as much as it feels like, oh, this is just another one of those Christmas things that we've heard a billion times. Like, you know, I, I keep making the joke. I think there are only 12 Christmas songs and, and of the 9,000 different renditions there are, right. um, there, there are only renditions of the same 12 songs. So it can oftentimes feel exhausting that we don't have new content. You know, there's no yeah. new take on a Christmas Carol, really. And yet, this is a story that I think, like, really, we would be well served going back to going this back. original. You right, know, like, right. like really digging into a lot of what this story presents, because I, I think that the themes are really strong in in, in this tale, and and um, and relevant. I mean, shockingly relevant, even in in 2021, because this thing was published in what 1843. I think so, something like that. Yeah, 1843. And the stuff that Dickens was dealing with are the same things, the same feelings we have as as people in 2021. Right. You know, right. look at political discourse today and look at the, the dissatisfaction there is in the concentration of wealth and the concentration of power in only a select few people and this desire, you know, for a more equitable distribution mm-hmm. of, of that wealth and that power among the people. The dissatisfaction that we see in politics today, I think, um, would be very, very relevant to, to Charles Dickens. And, and the message that he's trying to send here, <laughs> you know, about Ebenezer Scrooge isn't just about, you know, you lowly working person, you should give gifts to your friends. That's not really the message. You know, the message is this idea that we're all human beings. We all share this this uh, societal space together, and, and and we owe it to one another as human beings to be, you know, building a better life right. for, for one another. Right. We, we we need to be chasing that utopian longing. Yeah. I feel like Dickens would be disappointed with the way that the world is has moved. Oh, I, uh, of course, hands down, hands mm. down. With, given his message, and his message is so universal across all of his works. Like A Christmas Carol is only one, it's probably one of the more familiar ones, but yeah. it's not dissimilar to the message he's delivering mm-hmm. in Great Expectations or right. um, uh, Tale of Two Cities or, or any of these. Yeah. I mean, it's... Oliver Twist. Oliver Twist. Yeah. I mean, there's um, this message of, of this kindness of this, hey, you've been blessed with something that, you know, maybe others haven't, so it's your duty as a human being to to help share that. Right. right. I mean, Be- because it's superficial, it doesn't last forever and it doesn't put you on a level above everyone else. Right. Yeah. yeah. In the end, you're all going into the ground, and that's probably the biggest, right, right. Yeah. biggest message yeah. of a Christmas Carol. And people don't like that message <laughs> at large. They don't. And, and that's why we've got the cartoon Scrooge. That's yeah. why we've gotten right. to the, the, you know, I mean, so there's a maybe lot it of, is time to go all the way back. Yeah. There's a lot of existential terror there. Right. Yeah. Like, I, what is your legacy? Yeah. So that is. A good rendition of A Christmas Carol, but there are more Christmas movies out there that I think are fun. Like, I know that we didn't talk about talking about this, but I just, it made me think of some like Krampus. Krampus? I didn't see it. I didn't you see it. You haven't seen Krampus? No, no, no. But I, I like oh. the story. You've got to see Krampus. It's so delightfully German People, and awful. Uh, it is a, it is a People ride. don't realize how much of Christmas, they think Christmas is like this religious holiday. Christmas is so fucking occult. Like they don't well, get it. Okay, so. <laughs> like there's it, so much occult shit. In a way, yes, and in a way, no, right? Like, like so much of, of what we know of as Christmas is really just industrialization, right? Yeah. Like, like, yeah. And, and marketing. So there, I think there are multiple different 
I don't know, impulses, if you will, like different different cultural influences that shape the Christmas we know. The oh, Christmas sure. we know, I think, are are formed largely uh, like in in two parts. One is like what Dickens. I mean, Dickens really popular, like repopularized Christmas for a lot of people. Oh yeah, I don't, and in I fact, don't... the traditions that you and I follow, like the goose and the telling uh, of ghost stories, yeah. all come from Dickens, like yeah. popularizing this. Right. Yeah, yeah. So the the, but the I think... Christmas tree is German. Right. Yeah. So I think that, um, like symbolically speaking, right, like the the reason why Christmas is kind of centered where it is is because there's a lot of like Yuletide um, kind of celebration that was a lot more like I, 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 I hesitate to call it pagan because I think that pagan is just a catch all term in that phrase. It's it's kind of a conglomeration of multiple different um, like old traditions celebrating this time of year right the the, the coming of winter um but the, the, pre, the, the winter burning solstice. of a pine tree like totally predated christian oh yeah absolutely but the word christmas itself you know comes from the middle english christ mass uh, right, right which was like the message of christ and and i think that that gets tacked on to some of this uh celebration you know this celebration time again as as uh, Christianity, you know, sought to to reclaim a lot of that space that yeah. was originally shared by these other cultural um, and that's the key you know, festivities. There. That's what Christianity has done ever since. Wow, I didn't want this to become. A, I said this before in an earlier episode. I didn't Go want this there. to be a, a religious podcast. Go there. Hey, I'm what, pushing it that way. I know. I know you are. You're going to end up. But that's what Christianity has done. I mean, anytime that as they spread Catholicism and they came to new cultures, they would adapt those mythologies uh-huh. from those and those customs yeah. from those other cultures into into their their religion they, well because you have like, to i mean and not you, smoothly either no no like, no sometimes very, very, it's very right. blatantly mm-hmm. yeah i mean there's plenty of evidence evidence i'll air quote if you if you believe in this sort of thing like to say that that the christ of christmas that we celebrate wasn't even born in december he was born probably in like right. april or no, like a warmer exactly. month yeah so but yeah. because there was like the greek saturnalia there was a roman saturnalia right. there and there were other like kind of pagan yeah. i know you don't like that word but non-christian or non-catholic yeah, the, traditions the in reason winter. why i say like anti-pagan is because right. i think paganism itself is was like an actual codified religious whatever oh, yeah. and and now it's yeah, become it a, a catch-all it's a term catch-all. To, yeah. to apply to all of the many different things that are non-christian and i think that that there's danger in that right yeah. and it's even used as a kind of uh, weaponized word by, yeah, yeah. by certain religious people right yeah that, exactly know, pagan that's like a finger pointing word right? right yeah yeah but again that's something that they that the the christian kind of right re- belief kind of has you do I yeah mean, like, there's kind of a uh uh, yeah, it, you create catch-all I, vilifying terms. Right, that, right. That, and, right. And as a kid, I I always asked my mom. I was always confused about Christmas because, like, for for us, it was about Santa and stockings and right, ornaments yeah. and all that stuff. And then I knew I had friends, and they had the nativity scene in their yard, and everything was so Jesus oriented and it didn't bother me. It was just like, why don't we have a single Jesus thing at our house? And so when yeah. I asked about it, it was like, I got these really confusing answers and, yeah. and I it mean, took it, me a very long time to realize what happened there. Yeah. And, gr- growing up as a, a hardcore conservative Christian, right? Like we were always told like, Jesus is the reason for the season. 
Yeah, I'm like, um, well, then where, what is Santa Claus then? Yeah, what, where, yeah. where does that fit? And what's this, Krampus? What's Krampus? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. But uh, but I think what's interesting is like, you know, as I grow older and I look at what Christmas means to me and what I think Christmas means to, you know, a lot of these cultural texts, I, I lean back on, you know, kind of what Dickens was doing, which is like, you know, this idea of, of kind of celebrating the communities we live in and celebrating each other and, and making that kind of a focus. I, I lean back on these impulses that created Christmas in the 19th century to begin with, which was, you know, this, this feeling of like being overwhelmed by the way that society has kind of, you know, shaped through market forces or, right. or I'm gonna, through I'm gonna, the, the forces of industrialization. I'm going to attempt to create a new word here and you guys can laugh at me all you want. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I'm used to it. Um, Dickens, it feels like with all of the, the spiritual message behind like the mm-hmm. idea of Christmas, it feels like with the story he secularizes it. Secularizes? Secularizes. That's a real word. I would say that's, that's a word. not a fake word. Did that's I not a... make up a new word? No, no that's a real word. A Secularize. No, it's a verb. Yeah. It's a verb. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's I feel like that's word. what he's doing, though. I feel like he's taking a little bit of the, like, for those of you who aren't spiritual, here's a good, you know, earthly reason, a real well, humanitarian that, reason why you need to be doing yeah. this. Yeah. Right. Well, right, and right. that's very, I think that's very Dickensian in itself. Yeah. Right? Like, to, to secularize... Um, I know. I use I use the word too. Dickensian. Dickensian. Yeah. Dickensian. Now there's a word. That, that's a real a word. word. That might be a made up word. No, that's a no. It's a real. No, that's a real Dickensian. That's yeah. a real term in literature. Yeah. Um, awesome. To describe the literature of Charles Dickens. Yeah. But Very but cool. I think that you know what he does is he 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 tries to moralize um, a lot of the you know the kind of the the human impulses that that he wants to see. You know things yeah. like like charity, like like building. A, more charitable society you know a, a more equitable society right yeah. um, those are such tangible ideas too yeah it's, yeah it's not exactly. up in the air it's not up for interpretation right. it's just like yeah yeah so so yes in kind of secularizing christmas um at the same time i, I think he's he's still trying to moralize right through this story and and help us kind of you know wrap our heads around it but i find that impulse to be really like the reason why I get so into this season, I think, is not just because of the decorations, because I love the, the decorations. Let's right. be real, like like uh, gingerbread men and Christmas trees. Uh, I like, I just, I love them. I love them so much. <laughs> Christmas lights, I, <laughs> I absolutely adore the colors of Christmas lights. Um, Having heard you say all that about, you know, the the Dickensian reasons for yeah. for enjoying Christmas so much, that's I'm probably never gonna. I'm probably always going to think about that, like from now on. Uh, yeah, you know that's just a really cool. Yeah, it's the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so much shit has happened. Right, we're a family in a house. It's cold. Let's yeah. just, yeah. you know, it's like it just makes so much <laughs> yeah. sense. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's let's take this this season as kind of a breather to right. recenter ourselves on on like you know what are the reasons why we do what we do and and who are we and and how do we wish to feel about other people? Right. I think that you know in it whether it be you know, a, a COVID world where, you know, you're just uh, like so exhausted by... <laughs> we need that fucking breather more. Yeah, yeah. By <laughs> so much of the change. No, really, like like so much of the change that happens on the daily through our modern world. And it's so hard to, to keep up taking that space to, to breathe. I also think it's really important in, in, you know, such polarizing times when, you know, you look out the window and you see, uh, you know, flags waving for a president who is not even a president anymore. Right. You yeah. know, yeah. And, and and just like this divisory, uh, I think rhetoric that we see 
fed to us in in media all the time. I think it's a good chance to sit back and and remember, like we are human beings, and 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 despite what differences may exist, and I don't mean to dismiss those differences, you know, but I do think that that we should still remember um, empathetically. You right. know, we all live this same struggle together. We all live in this same kind of difficulty, and and I think that each according to their ability, you know, we should be paying attention to For all how can our differences, we think and we act have a lot in charitably. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We're all human beings, you We're know, human. regardless Call me of... a pessimist, but I think, like, right now, that type of thing is not, is going to fall on a lot of deaf ears, you know? Yeah. Right now, it, it's so divided. Yeah. Nobody's thinking about, like, That's you know what, true. guys? We really do have a lot in college. It's like, it's like so nice to talk like that and think, yeah. that, but I think there's a lot of people right now that are just like, they're not Which in that, is why they're I not think, in that world. I right think now. that change has to start with you, right? Like right. the change has to start. Like you can't control other people's actions, but you can look at your values and and do your best to live to those values. And I think that w- what Dickens is trying to lay down, you know, in this story, essentially, is like you know, here we have a very selfish man, and, and he's trying to to get this selfish man to reconsider his right. life and and to see empathetically the people around him. And one of the tragedies I think of of Ebenezer Scrooge as we get in the novel is that Scrooge was not always the way he is. Mm-mm. Scrooge was was not always the miser. He was not always the curmudgeon who hated Christmas. And that's but that's what makes him the everyman is that yeah. is that yeah, you yeah. it, it could right. happen to you too because like right exactly you're it, a nice person. Years years and experiences have hardened him right to the point that he feels like he has to be the way he is in order to deal with the world he lives in. And and what Dickens is trying to remind us is like. Although years may be hard, that does not mean that you need to harden, right? Right, like you right. Can, you can still take that, roll with that, and find compassion for the person next to you. It's what makes you human. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It is a message that they need now more than, I think now more than ever, people need to hear this. Yeah. They need to be familiar Like with I say, it's, it's really interesting them. to me how the... the you know, realistically speaking, how the the pressures of you know the world have not really changed all that much in in the hundred and seventy years since this thing was published. Right, right. The veneer changes, but the underlying uh, forces right. are are all. And all now we have a lot right. more Scrooges in in the world. It yeah. feels like. Right, right, right. So instead of being a Scrooge, you know, fi- and 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 I, I I really stress this. You know, I think there's this material impulse that that charity means that you must go out and buy, you know, a whole bunch of, of gifts for people. I don't think that's the impulse. I think the impulse of, of like living charitably is simply acting with empathy. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. Looking to understand the people around you, they have individual struggles of their own and you should, you know, it doesn't just, cost you money. Yeah. It doesn't cost it doesn't you money take to, very much to time. let go yeah. of your anger, you know, like, yeah. like to let go of your, your your dislike for a, a certain person you know yeah, yeah. It, it costs you nothing to um <laughs> to let the dude cut you off in traffic right you, you right. know what i mean like right. you, you know it, and that's why i love we mentioned that bill murray version of scrooge you know mm-hmm. that's why i love that movie because this is what he's saying at the end he's talking about you know doesn't have to be expensive. You see somebody hungry, give them a sandwich. You see somebody cold, give them a blanket. You know, right? I mean, it, it's small acts of kindness. Yeah, and, right. Yeah, and that's that's yeah, exactly. And and those small acts of kindness add up over time. You know, oh, much yeah. like the small acts of selfishness 
Like, add, add, add up, up to over. the chains that you carry in the afterlife. Yeah, it's you the know, kind but, of profundity you would expect from Bill Murray. It yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know. I don't know how long we want to take this. I feel like we've reached kind of a natural kind of conclusion kind of here. Conclusion yeah. here. I I think in the spirit of the season, we want to keep this episode kind of short so that you can all get back to. You know, spending yeah. time with your family, spending time with your friends and your loved ones, showing that empathy, showing that kindness. Um, and we have a lot still coming up for you guys. Yeah. We have as a as, before we get into yeah, our, yeah, yeah. our closing parts. You know, I in the spirit of of uh, you know charitable giving, um, I don't have presents for you because I'm broke AF. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I do want to say, you know, like one of the one of the highlights of of my year, and and we'll talk about this in our year end review coming up next week. But um, you know, the highlights of my year is is being part of this community that we've built you know i think that our listeners are part of that community i am so gracious that we have you know the, the people that are out there and our our russian bots that are <laughs> you know listening into us uh, like every week um that's been you know just a, a real source of joy uh, you know jeremy i think that our our friendship has deepened over this project um you know the the episodes that we've recorded and the way that that we come together to talk about this stuff um really just you know conti- continues to deepen my my life enrich my life and i'm super grateful for that for that friendship me too buddy um, me too and then you know um, also to les and, and curtis here in the studio um being a part of this journey and and you know the the charitable giving that you've given you know of your time and, and your labor in making this podcast it was come serendipitous to fruition that we kind of all crossed paths the way we yeah. have and, yeah and it's been you know again like as as we talk to each other as our relationship deepens as this friendship i feel yeah you know carries forward it's, it's been as enjoyable as it has been mutually beneficial yeah yeah, yeah. which is great i yeah. love that we can be productive and and still like, right. cultivate this kind of vibe at the same time yeah it's my favorite so so just you know in the spirit of of uh not necessarily giving thanks but you know the spirit of christmas i i just want to thank you for for this this year for this journey you know for, and for the many things that i think yes i'm excited thank that you. are coming and stop it you're gonna make yeah. me cry <laughs> yeah. i'm not crying you're crying Jeremy is crying. who's cutting onions <laughs> <laughs> i feel the exact same way man i do i Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, back to you, Trevor, for yeah. for everything you've done, um, for the friendship that we've built, and and just kind of being there for each other, and and kind of enriching each other's lives. And thank you, guys, Les and Curtis, for for yeah. the same thing. I mean, for I mean, I haven't known you guys near as long, but I feel like we're we're all kind of hitting this path together. And yes, and yes. Uh, to our listeners, and to our supporters on Patreon, and yeah. to um, to Karen, who we did our interview with last week, um, yeah. just all of it. Just, just I'm really, really happy that I I had this vision of Slayhouse Publishing, and I was like, how am I going to make this grow and build? And it's like, whatever the universe just kind of plopped like all of these. And this sounds selfish. Like it sounds like I'm being selfish. Like it plopped all of these relationships into my life to make this happen. But in turn, I feel like, like Curtis was saying, is like mutually beneficial. But more than that, this is just a chance to have a community. And yeah, right. so it became more, for me, it's become more than just a business venture. It's become a community of people where I can, I can 
gather with and, and talk to and, and we can, you know, kind of talk about the things that we enjoy and we can yeah. enjoy each other's company. Right. Full, and I think that's healthy. Yeah. Full, honest expression is difficult to come by. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. I think we're all about tearing up. <laughs> we're just keeping it real, man. So Jeremy cries a lot more than anybody knows. By the way, you can't I ever do. see him, but he's uh, usually got tears streaming down his face. That's yeah. beautiful editing work by our our producer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, they cut out all my tears. Like, sometimes I'm just wailing. I just <laughs> he's very uh, passionate. Yeah. What I do is I uh, before every episode when we come in, I just put. Um, Johnson and Johnson, no tears shampoo all over my eyes and oh, no dude, tears, no tears, that. man. I no before tears. see usually when we're in here we're like recording for like it's like hours at time. It's like two or three hours we're usually in here recording. I eat a lot of greasy food, drink a lot of coffee, so that I'm, my bladder and my intestines are very uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. It's like I've had, I had peanuts and black coffee. Yet. Yeah, all I've had to eat today is peanuts and black coffee. <laughs> That's the breakfast of champions. I'm, am I 80 years old? <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody! Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, um, and just we're we're thankful to have you all, and and we want you to to be kind to each other. This yeah. turning into a Jerry Springer episode. Be kind to yourself. Yeah, remember yeah. after you all throw chairs at one another to be kind. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's the Jerry Springer message. I really love. Uh, I I like to close every semester when I do my like thank you for being a part of my class speech. Um, I incorporate the the immortal words of Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan. <laughs> oh my God! It took be, me a second. <laughs> yeah, be excellent to each other and D- and party on, dudes. Party on, dudes. <laughs>